You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Sometime last year, I penned an article around investments and alternative investments and obviously the need for uh, identifying uh, your investments and how your investments are regulated. This was specific to uh, livestock. And one of the companies that I mentioned in the article was a company called Livestock Wealth, uh, which has had an FSCA warning put out today for it to, uh, or a warning rather to customers and consumers to be careful uh, in dealings with that entity. Now, I'm joined on the line by the Divisional Executive for Enforcement at the FSCA, Gerard van Dierfenter, to see uh, what this all means and try and make sense of this. Good evening, Gerard. Thanks for taking the time. Um, on f- Upon first glance, initially reading the warning, uh, the warning states that the that livestock wealth is not authorized to offer any financial services. Um, but then it goes on later in the document to mention that livestock investments is an authorized and regulated entity. Uh, obviously, there's, there's a discrepancy in the name there and there's a confusion there that may arise there. Uh, but can you just help us digest that and make sense of that? They are two separate legal entities and therefore uh, one's license might not apply to another's. That's right, Jimmy. Good evening, and thank you for the opportunity to to reach your your listeners. I appreciate that. I must say, if there's confusion, I have to put up my hand and take responsibility for that because I'm the drafter. (laughs) But yes, I can see how it is confusing. So it's exactly like you explained. We have Livestock Financial Services. It is a registered authorized financial services provider, but um, it's very important that um, the public always take a very close look at what their financial advisor is actually authorized for because there's a lot of different licenses and um, it makes a big difference in terms of the application for a license. To sell policies is something different from doing investments, uh, discretionary mandates, etc. A lot of, lot of, quite a wide spectrum and it is important to, know, to understand exactly what your financial services provider is licensed for. In this case, financial services, um, livestock financial services, has a license for insurance and um, pension fund products. It does not have a license to do other investments and, and, and that type of thing. But at the end of the day, the, the, the entity offering these investments, livestock investments, is actually another company, as you pointed out, and that is Livestock Wealth. They have no license whatsoever to do any financial services. So we are very concerned about that type of situation. We do not want the lines to be blurred um, because we are pedantic about saying if you're allowed to give advice or um, conduct intermediary services, we want you to have the skills and the knowledge and the expertise and the qualifications. So that is partly why we started the investigation. Mm. Obviously, the, this gets all very confusing for consumers out there that might not know some of the intricacies that you and I know as to things like where to find the subcategories that an authorized license uh, permits businesses to uh, to conduct and, and those sorts of things. Um, everything that you'd normally see as a consumer is you go onto the, the website and on the website there's a disclaimer that says, here's the FSP number, uh, therefore it is a licensed entity and pretty much uh, th- that's where the, the confusion comes in um from from a consumer point of view uh, has the fsca 
been in contact with uh, livestock wealth, livestock investments at this stage to um, sort of provide a cease and desist in an effort to protect consumers and protect uh, people from putting in more money until the investigations have uh, been concluded. I know we've spoken to to livestock and we, we did reach out for comment and we do have a comment for that. Um, and and I'll, I'll share that comment in a second. Sure. Yes. Okay. So actually what happened is we looked at this, at, at the information we received and we decided we should do a full investigation. So we are quite far down the line with our investigation and um, what we decided to do was to actually just make it public so that the public can know that um, livestock is not licensed to, to take deposit, to be in the business of deposit taking. Um, so that's, uh, we, we hope that especially persons like yourself will get that message out and we're really grateful for that. So we will wrap up our investigation shortly and um, then, you know, um, if applicable sanctions will follow. Uh, so we haven't issued a cease and desist order, but um, we have had lots of contact with um, with uh, uh, livestock and their attorneys, and uh, as part of the investigation. And I can say that they've been cooperating. So mm. I'm hoping they're not carrying on with their business. Mm. Well, in terms of cooperation, we uh, did at MoneyWeb, we did reach out to the team at Livestock and we did get a response uh, from the founder of Livestock, Ntutugo Shezi, who's also the key individual and representative on the license that is approved. And uh, the f- Livestock Wealth CEO uh, believes that the FSCA has made an error and has it all wrong with their investigations. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Karot? Yes, I'm afraid. I, I wish that was the case. That would be great. Uh, but I'm afraid I have to strongly disagree with that. Uh, where our investigation is at this stage, I don't think we've got it wrong. Um, and, uh, of course, you can't make up your mind until the investigation is finalized and they've had an opportunity, um, you know, to reply to whatever we're saying in our investigation report. But it's not a complicated case. Um, if you take deposits from the, from the, um, the public, you need a license and you certainly cannot have a sister company operating under your license. Um, so, yeah, I'm always, I'm always hopeful that I'm wrong. <laughs> because if I'm wrong, then <laughs> nobody loses money. <laughs> there we go, Harold. Let's move. Let's move to uh, consumers in general. I mean, obviously, uh, as we said, there's there's a lot that goes into this from an understanding point of view. It's not enough to just, as we said, see a license number and assume that uh, everything is, is is there. But a lot of it does get quite technical. How do how do consumers then ensure that they are um, knowledgeable or they are informed about what the respective services are that the client or the the service provider is able to provide for them. And in terms of education, how is the FSCA going to use this as a learning exercise to potentially provide workshops and say, hang on, maybe we should give consumers a lot more information around the specific subcategories? Thanks, Jim. Yes. So um, you're absolutely right. It's way too complicated um, for the public to just if they, if you're not involved in this arena, of course, I'm not meaning to insult the public. Um, everybody has their own area of expertise, but this is a difficult area. I totally agree with you. And the subcategories of licenses can get very complicated. So my best advice would be if you are stuck with an offer that you that you're considering, either go to a 
licensed financial services provider and ask for advice or phone the FCA and ask for advice. You can check on our website, but as you say, that will tell you what you are licensed for. Understanding the differences between the categories is another story. So um, we spend a lot of money on consumer education. Uh, my colleagues in consumer education have workshops and roadshows and um, information drives um, at all levels. And uh, we certainly hope that that helps. Um, I, I think that's the only way, you know, to avoid this type of thing is to make sure the public can make informed decisions. From, an in, from the enforcement division side, my division, um, we have a regulatory actions report that we publish once a year, and then we roadshow the report. The first thing we do is we roadshow it to the to the journalists. And and that report will tell you about the trends and about what's the latest problem we see in the industry. You know, the last one spoke about copy trading and, and those kind of things that that is harmful to the public. So um, we do try to get the message out there as much as possible. Um, I'm about to embark on another roadshow but it's more for the industry um, to talk about the trends and the problems and the cases, the enforcement cases. At the end of the day, I have to say our most important ally are shows like yours and journalists who get, who get the message out. Well, we are always here and always willing to help uh, where we can. Uh, Gerard, um, you touched on something quite important around the difference in the entities. And I want to look at this before uh, we we let you go. Um Companies often have multiple uh, entities or multiple subsidiaries or, or, or multiple business interests. I, for one, know um, when you're setting up a, a license, you can have a juristic rep, but then there's complications around those juristic reps and those sorts of things. Are these complex structures um, part of the problem, you would say, in terms of um, having a bit, creating a bit of confusion in the minds of consumers should we be staying away from these complex structures or is it uh, just a function of just having a deeper understanding of them and ensuring that even if you have subsidiaries that each respective business carries the requisite uh, permissioning yes jimmy that's a very good question i'm very tempted to say it we create these structures for good reason but of course then uh, it sometimes get abused and I might not be uh, very popular for saying that, but let me let me be more specific <laughs> about it. Um, you 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 have to have a juristically representative structure because um, sometimes there are specialized companies that will market, sell, advise, do intermediary services for a product provider or for a financial services provider. So there's nothing wrong with that structure in principle. However. It is so important, Jimmy, and that's why this is such a good question, that um, the public take note of how restricted uh, um, the activities is that a juristic representative can perform. Um, For instance, a juristic representative cannot act in its own name. I can't start up a business and be a juristic representative of a financial services provider and then just carry on business in my own name. The other important thing is that my financial services provider, my principal in other words, they stay responsible for everything I do and especially for compliance. So we've seen as a trend a lot of problems with that. We've seen juristic reps um, uh, being, being registered as such and then they carry on their own business and then they don't care much about um, about compliance. They don't care much about 
um, uh, acting in the best interest of clients, not having conflicts of interest, etc. And, and that is really problematic. So the juristic representative um, process is quite simple. You can act on behalf of your principal, but your principal stays liable for what happens. Um, and yes, I think sometimes that must add to the um, to the confusion. So we've got quite a drive. Um, you know what you have. Um, uh, we refer to it as as rental license, and it and it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's sad that there's already an expression for it, isn't it? Mm. And it, what it, what it really means is that I have an, a financial services provider license and. For a fee, you can you can operate under my license. That's not what it's about, um, and people have paid dearly for that. Um, but it is unfortunately necessary to have these structures. Of course, um, natural persons can also be representatives. It's necessary for a company to have arms and legs and legs and so forth. Um, but um, if there's a gap, somebody will take it. Absolutely, and we are here. If we we are here to help our consumers, help our listeners to educate where we can, uh, we thank the FSCA for the work that they continue to do, and for all of the uh, investigations and all of the regulations and all the adjustments. They might seem tedious, but they're all aimed at protecting consumers, and we're here for that. Um, if there's ever anything that the FSCA or any other regulatory body needs in terms of educating our consumers and our listeners, we are always here to support. Thanks so much, Gerard. That's Gerard van Dieven who is the uh, senior, or he's the divisional executive, rather, at the FSCA for Enforcement, uh, joining me to discuss the latest round of warnings that they issued as the FSCA, in particular the warning issued against livestock wealth. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.